Welcome to the blackout where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today my guest is someone I've been dying to talk to. Someone that gets shit done. Dorico Simon, thanks for coming to the podcast today. Happy to hear, be here, brother. Happy to be here. Thanks so much. Um, I mean, I've been dying to do this for a while, but you have so many things on the go. I, I want to start with this question, though. Like, how did it even all start for you? Yeah, I mean... I don't even know if I ever even thought about that, but like, let's see. So things started for me, I would say from, uh, I would use the word admiring how hard my mom worked. Um, and so I have three brothers, uh, but at the time it was just me and my oldest brother, uh, D'Angelo. So it's right now it's me, uh, Michael, uh, younger brother, oldest brother, D'Angelo. So we grew up in the pubs, uh, public housing, or for people who don't know it as the pubs, Bears Westwood. Um, and so I admired uh, you know, the things that my mom had to go through. Uh, there was, let's say, bad men um, at points, uh, but then there was also financial struggles. Um, and so seeing how hard my mom worked um, and how much she had to sacrifice uh, in order for us to get what we needed, mm. it was kind of like, well, like, how dare you go out there and, like, fuck it up? Mm. Um, and so seeing that, I had to, I had to work hard. Um, and like that was the first example of like what hard work actually meant um, and what pressure actually was. Uh, it's pressure if you don't know where the money's gonna come from for food for your kids or you don't know where the money's gonna come from uh, to pay the bills. Mm. Um, and so like that was like the baseline foundation for me. Um, and then from there, I took what I could from uh, different people uh, and mentors in my life. But I would say like, that kind of upbringing really, uh, I'd say, lit a fire um, and just unspokenly uh, what my mom would do um, really set the course for me in terms of you got to do it. You got to. You got to. Wow. I mean, but, you know, being that young, seeing all these things she did, like, did it ever feel too much? Mm. Well, so I, I say like, like, and I laugh a little bit about this. Like, I didn't know that we didn't have until right. we actually left the house. Um, because my mom did a really good job in terms of making sure, like, you know, we had what we needed, even if that meant her going without. So I didn't know what the rest of it was until I left. And I was like, oh, you know, so-and-so has this, or, like, you need money for this. But inside of that house, she made sure uh, we had what we needed. Um, and, you know, she made sure that the things that she went through, mm. she tried to kind of shield us from that. Uh, mm. And so, you know, like if you could visualize someone standing there, there's fire behind them, but we're in front. Um, and she's making sure her back is getting burnt to protect mm. us from all of that. Wow. Um, so that's really where, uh, where, where it started for me. And like as a kid, you don't really realize, but then as I start getting older and actually becoming more aware and conscious of society and, and you know, the things that are happening, mm. I'm like, God damn, like the things that she would have had to went, go through, the things that I know she went through mm. in order just to make sure uh, we had what we needed uh, is astounding to me. Wow. I mean, having that our background, it's kind of difficult to fuck up. Though. Honestly, like, <laughs> for real. Like, like, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, one thing I'm, I've been learning lately is that some 
things like if you can try and go back and think of that thing you wanted to do or mm. be while you were younger um that can kind of be your passion now when you're grown do you remember some of the things you want to be while growing up i i don't think i ever actually answered like that question that they would ask is like, what do you want to be when you get older like i, I honestly i think the, what i said was an nba player i think that was the only thing that i ever said um but you know, I used basketball as a vehicle to sort of take me to where I needed to go or where I, take me through education. I got on my first flight ever because I was playing basketball. Um, I left Halifax because of basketball. And so, you know, didn't make to the NBA, but I used that as a vehicle, sort of that thing of um, shoot for the moon if you miss, grab a star kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, and so that was the vehicle, but I, I, I like my mom, uh, like always worked with people. Um, and I just always knew that I wanted to help people um, as much as I could. Um, there's many things that I would want to do, but I don't have the means. But I, as much as I can, um, that's sort of what, I, what I'm trying to do. And I, again, I think that that came from seeing the work that my mom did. She worked in school, she worked with kids, she tried to help people as much as she could. Um, and even my grandmother. Um, I get a little, like, I, like my grandmother, like, just because at some point she, she you know, she'll be gone. Um, and so thinking about just the sacrifices that like those two women in my life have made, mm. um, you can't fuck it up. Uh, but then also like that's a strong foundation uh, that you can springboard from. These women protected us from the different things going on in the world um, and, you know, give us the opportunity to kind of pursue whatever it was that we, we, we wanted to do. And so... I never knew exactly, you know, some people might say dentist, doctor, lawyer, that kind of thing. But uh, I said MBA um, and, I, and I just knew that I wanted to help people. I wanted mm. to do, I just wanted to do good. That's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. What do you love about playing basketball? Do you still play even for fun? Oh, I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> I still got it. People can still get it for sure. So like for, for fun, like, um, you know, I played in the summer. I played a couple of pickup games, but... It used to be life kind of thing, like every single day. And mm. so for me, basketball was like the therapist I could never afford. Um, you know, it was the friend sometimes that I needed. Uh, and when things were tough for me, I would just go to the court. I remember going to the basketball court um, after something happening uh, in my house. And I just was teary-eyed and I didn't know what to do. So I just ran at the court until I couldn't run anymore. Literally, I just ran. It was hours. Mm. Um, and so basketball for me is a lot. Um, of course, there's friends that I have today, there's communities I'm connected to today because of sport uh, and because of basketball. <clears throat> and it's, it's like, it just can't be understated, like how important uh, for me that that was and how important that I know that that would be, especially for other, um, you know, other young black men. Mm -hmm. um, and it's an, fairly inexpensive to play. Um, you know, mind you, I didn't always have good sneakers. I got made fun of for that, and sneakers became a thing for me. Kids are assholes. Uh, trust me. <laughs> no, trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Um, like, I specifically, I had this one pair. Uh, uh, they were and one shoes. One half was red, one half was white. But it was suede on one side. But they were my everyday shoes. Mm -hmm. And so, you imagine suede in the winter. The mm -hmm. red ran over on the white. So I used to get made fun of for that, but then I, sneakers are a thing. Like, this is never going to happen to me again. I always make sure that my sneakers are proper now because it's just not going to happen again. <laughs> and so when I'm buying gifts for people and when I'm doing things, especially young yeah. boys, like sneakers is the first thing that comes oh to mind. Oh, my God, yes. I actually um, got one, my very first pair of Jordans for Christmas. Yes. And, you know, and it's like, you know, it's kind of crazy because 
you know, I mean, sure, it's like prestige, but those things are really comfortable. For real, for real, for real. <laughs> They're really comfortable. Real. I didn't expect it. Anyway, yeah, so, you know, basketball. Yeah, like it was, it was, it was, at one point, you know, I don't want to say it was everything, but it was a lot to me. Mm. Um, and because I wasn't, like, we weren't just going on trips. Um, like, we weren't just going, like, we didn't have a car and stuff. And so um, basketball was that thing that was able to do that for me. Um, and then also, um, you know, I played basketball in university, uh, so it took me to university. Um, it was the motivator for me in terms of, uh, you know, oh, if I don't get this done, I'm not going to be able to play. So it connected me to a lot of different people. Um, a lot of communities that I'm connected to today and comfortable being in is, is because of basketball. You know, we would compete, we would fight on the court, but then, you know, we'd be friends after that. And, and I have friendships uh, because of sports. So it was, it was, it was really important. Uh, to me and still is although i don't play people can still get it on the floor <laughs> i don't play but i think about it all the time mm. like i just it's just still something that i think about all the time i watch highlights but i don't sit down and watch games like i used to but mm. very very important um thing for me did you have any issues with like balancing school while you're in university and playing basketball man so I, it's like a kinda so so I never really looked at that as like, it was hard, but like, again, like how I grew up, what I saw, like for me, like I could separate the two um, because, okay, you know, you got basketball practice, you have, to, you know, you have assignments, you have an exam. And I'm like, all right, like this is going to be challenging, but like, this is actually a privileged position to be mm. in. Um, I'm in university. I'm healthy, I'm going to basketball. So I try to always look at it as half full or even full. Um, but then I know people in my community that, you know, that I'm friends with still, I was friends with at the time that, you know, their parents are on drugs or, you know, their, their dad just beat up their mom or like they're on the brink of homelessness. And so I'm at university, healthy, privileged, belly full. And so, yeah, the shit is hard, but like, it's not that, like that, it's, it's just, it's not that. And so that was a perspective that I took is that, yeah, this is challenging, but like people in your neighborhood are actually starving. There's people in, in, in the city that are actually starving. Or so-and-so just got shot at. And so how can I sit here in this university, warm, hungry, or not hungry, uh, meal, healthy, friends around me who care and support me? I can't complain. Like, wow. you just have to do it. Like. That's a, like a, you know, that's a different outlook and obviously come from being raised by these two powerful women and knowing that, you know, it could be worse. Yes. It could be worse. Okay, so let's get into it. Like, you know, your name has been in the news doing things. What, what really started, like, the advocacy work you do? Yeah, yeah. So I thought about this a little bit. Um, so when I was growing up, like, I just, I always saw, uh, like, police were negative. Um, they treated us negatively. Um, I saw friends sort of getting into things and going down different paths. Um, but I always had, again, I always had uh, my mom at home or my grandmother, someone who cared. Someone said, like, my mom would say, listen, you owe me grade 12. After that, you can choose, but you owe that to me. Um, and I chose to go to university. And so, you know, the advocacy started really with first uh, mom, grandmother, but then other people in my community. Um, there's other people, I know they're not gonna wanna be named, but I have to, like Maurice James uh, is one person, Craig Myra. Um, there was a lot of people 
who were mentors for me at the recreation center that I saw doing good things um, in community. Um, and I, it's almost something that's like, you can't explain. Like, I just wanted to do good. Like, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to do good starting with, I wanted to uplift as many people as I could in my community. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't like seeing people struggle. I saw that personally at home. I, did, I just didn't like that shit. Um, and so with everything that I had, which, you know, at the time wasn't much, like I was just trying to do, um, you know, as many good things as I could. And it took some evolution. Um, like there's people that knew me back then, even in university. My first, my first year, I didn't speak to anybody. Um, I made the basketball team. But I didn't talk to anybody unless you talk to me. And as I evolved um, as a person, um, that's when sort of things started to change. And so university for me was a really pivotal point. Mm. And I would say... Um, that's when I started, no, I don't want to use the word taking it seriously, but like that's when I really started to kind of unravel and, and become the person that I was going to be for the rest of my life. Mm, mm, mm. And so I think it's really a, a culmination of different things that kind of were the right ingredients, the right people, um, and timing uh, that kind of pushed me on this path um, to like just wanting, wanting to help people. Mm. So, like the basketball, the wanting to help people, that has always been there. And then you have this solid foundation mm -hmm. school, basketball, balancing out, finding your voice. Or, what, I guess, in what way do you find your voice? So, so I don't, I don't, I don't actually think I've found my voice. I think I always had it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just finding, finding the right time, the right opportunities, the right places, the right things to say. Everybody has an inner voice. It's always going. It's always talking. It's always saying stuff. Um, but sometimes people just don't, they don't let that out. Mm. And so I always had a voice. Like, you know, I would even always challenge my mom at home, um, which it could go, do you not, know. <laughs> do not, do not mess black mom. <laughs> that always went, you know, the other way, the other way. I might be running upstairs after I say something, but <laughs> yeah. like I always was into like right. challenging, um, right. always as a kid. Um, and so, you know, those things, again, uh, I carried, I sort of carried that uh, into, um, into, into adulthood. And so I don't think I found it. I've always sort of had it. Mm -hmm. uh, it just was around maybe, maybe getting sort of confidence, understanding, awareness in terms of surroundings. Um, so I always just would observe before I say anything. Mm. Um, I would observe. And, and so um, it was really about like just, just like getting it out there, um, mm. letting it out there. Uh, so I think everybody has their voice. Um, but sort of finding it, I would say that that kind of starts in a deficit. Um, if you say, you seem like you found your voice. Well, I'm like, well, no, no, no. You've always had your voice. Uh, it's just the right opportunity, the right time, the right people, all, you know, brings that out. Mm -hmm. And then everything kind of culminates. And then you're doing this thing you're doing. You're speaking up for people that can't speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, you're doing things like setting up GoFundMe mm -hmm. for people and things like that. Like... There's so much responsibility, though. Mm -hmm. Does he get too heavy? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, if I said no, I would be lying. Like, it, it definitely does because, um, you know, like, the things that make the news are what makes the news, but then the things that you hear that aren't in the news are sometimes worse. Um, and so it gets heavy, uh, especially, you know, dealing with, like, death, loss, shooting, stat, like people sort of losing their homes, kids involved. Um, there's no question um, that that gets heavy. 
Um, but again, like that's part of just the mission um, mm. is to just continue on um, and to support as best as you can. Try to make connections, to try to prevent those things from happening. Um, you can't do it all, but you can do something. Mm. Um, and I didn't even test it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just do something. Just do, as in, let's just segue to the t-shirt. What's the story there? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so a friend of mine, um, Tanashe Manolo. Uh, so he worked with me um, and uh, took another job, but we're still connected. And so, you know, we've been talking about, um, you know, black people, black families sort of building like financial empires, um, going out on their own, being entrepreneurial, not being tied down to the system. So we talk about these things and, um, you know, he's, he's a guy like me that has just a bunch of ideas. Um, and we're just kind of talking like, yo, when are you going to do that shit though? Um, mm. And so I know when he sees this, he's going to say to me, like, did you do that shit we were talking about? I know. I know. And so this particular shirt, um, we were having a conversation and I was like, man, you know, originally the shirt, like my idea was like, it should say like government, just do something. That was the original. Um, but to make it more broad is just do something. And, and really um, what that means is that uh, there's. There's always something that you can do. That's what I believe. There's always something that you can do, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that people are going to say, some people might say that's toxic positivity, that type of thing. Sure. But there's just always something that you can do, no matter how bad you're down, no matter where you are. Um, and even if you're losing, like you can still fight. Um, there's, 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 there's still fight. And so how about that? Look them up on Instagram. It's it's literally spelled how about that, D-A-T. Mm-hmm. Um, and this will come up. Like, this is a custom thing. People can still buy it. But he has a whole bunch of other things, all pertaining to black people, black community. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Community, right? You know, it started with your, you know, your family and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. kind of, you know, the actual community you're living in. And now the broad community with the advent of social media. Mm-hmm. When did that, like the social media aspect come to it and how do you navigate it? Man, I resisted social media for a really long time. Why? Like I actually remember some of my friends uh, in my neighborhood were like, yo, get on Facebook. And I was like, no. Like, <laughs> I just was like, no. Like, you know, I used to have like the MySpace and like I had the website thing way back in the day. Um, but then when Facebook came out, I just said no for like the longest time. And then I eventually got into it uh, because like I, I think some of my hesitation was like I didn't understand it. And like all oh, these people are going to be up my business kind of thing. Like that's, mm. that's kind of what it was like. Um, but like navigating social media and all of the different platforms, I think is 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 special um, because you're able to connect with people in different parts of the world, um, and it really puts you in the driver's seat. Uh, of course, there's a lot of negativity and comments and whatnot that can come with it, but like you can kind of create your own story, your own destiny, mm-hmm. uh, really on there. Um, you can curate and control what your messages uh, are going to be, and so I think that it's special. You're able to reach more people. You're able to support more people, um, you know, by using social media and sort of spreading the message. And it's been uh, extremely beneficial uh, for supporting communities, extremely beneficial for um, getting, you know, notices and awareness around different issues. So um, I don't use it as as effectively as I could, Mm -hmm. but when uh, communities need to rally to support other people, um, highly effective, um, highly effective. Mm. No, you use that. Talking about that, uh, a couple of years ago, the world was pretty much locked down. 
and mm. we all witnessed the murder and mm. that so i think it kind of well locally started with like the police checks yeah and then it kind of just segue into George Floyd being yep. murdered and then where we are now like how was that period for you mm. i think you know first i think it was a, it was an interesting period for everybody in the world um and you think about how wild that is that it affected everybody like i was calling it the equalizer um because there was nobody that was unaffected by it and you know the unfortunate situation with brother george floyd but the right circumstances that you couldn't ignore it um and so you had to watch it because your home you have a tv you have social media it's on there and so that particular time um in my life was very it was very interesting uh because it was it was sadness it was anger it was frustration it was mm-hmm. wanting change um and then on the other hand it was like well you know how can we use this momentum who should we talk to how can we get it moving in our own city so it was a very like a lot of just mixed emotions um certainly you know a lot of teary eyed days just like thinking about that mm-hmm. and like constantly logging on social media or 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 tv and like essentially seeing yourself on the street getting murdered um and and then i also found that like people have to like there's a difference between blm the organization and blm the movement um the organization that's one thing you know i read about what happened mishandling money that's the organization but the movement itself in terms of our lives mattering um you know i have some some sort of different maybe different opinions on sort of that whole thing is is that i believe that black people always knew that our lives have mattered um but this particular sort of movement was a way for everybody else to show that you also believe that too and also to get on board mm-hmm. and so with the lockdown and the George Floyd thing the lockdown itself didn't bother me i i i i actually appreciated it uh because it it was time to pause uh gave you time to be creative you're almost forced to be creative um because The hardest thing I think for some people is to sit with their own thoughts. Oh my god. You didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have a choice. Yeah. You had to sit with your own thoughts. Mm. Um, you know, people were working out in the driveway like we were getting creative <laughs> to ensure that we were still carrying on um as normal as sort of we could be. Mm. Um and I I think that it was it was a moment in time where um you know there there was probably the biggest conversation in terms of black community and policing ever to ever happen. um and it was a window of time to use that momentum to kind of get shit done um for communities um and so you know it was it was it was an i just i appreciated that 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 time um to to kind of sit reflect plan kind of plot scheme all of that stuff and so then when you come out of there um out of the pandemic or out of the lockdown you know what new skills do you have like what new passions what what were you doing um it was a time for me for for development Mm. um overall and moving the agenda as far as i could uh forward uh relating to black community um uh, and black issues well it was a powerful time you kate and some other people in the city were like trey oh my god yes just getting i i think kind of just putting people's eyeballs i know like like you said you know black people kind of always knew yeah. this is this is who we are so seeing people of different you know 
skin tones actually understanding almost like, shit okay wow this doesn't make sense i'm like yeah well we've been telling you you know <laughs> it kind of felt like that um but like okay you know you have all these things going on you also have a life though you know mm. you know you have to take care of yourself and all that stuff how do you balance it all or i guess yeah. make it make sense yeah yeah for sure uh people ask me this often i think like you know i think i i, I just don't go home and talk to my fan like like i do so so i try to keep weekends uh you know pretty pretty tight um so you know i choose what's going to happen on the weekend if i'm going to do something then i'll choose that um and that's usually family time and again things that i'll choose to do but the balance is that um uh sort of being strict uh you got to say no uh, sometimes you can't do it all um uh, but then there's some things that you just have to do mm. um and so if 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 work is from 8 to 4 well what are you doing before 8 uh so i'm up at 5:30 uh, i'm working out um hanging out with uh, my fiance Shane um you know we'll do it together so there's time there there's an hour or two um that we've already spent and so I get to work. We do the, you know, I do the 8 to 4 thing. I use my lunch breaks um to do some of the personal stuff and balance answer some of those personal emails. And then, you know, between 4 and say 10 to like what what are you doing? Uh so then, you know, you get home, do the family thing, but while you're doing the family thing, I might actually also have to multitask. So I'm answering emails, I'm taking Zoom calls, but then, you know, I usually shut it down around, you know, 9 unless there's something that's really pressing. Yeah. Um and so and shut it down means i might be sitting in bed answering emails on my phone or whatever <laughs> but like it doesn't stop and so right. it's a bit of like a, a balance um you know uh because shanae's also uh, equally um she's also very busy and stuff in community and so it's trade enough um it's constant communication um mm. and making sure that each other knows what what you know what we're doing and so i i i make sure that i make time uh for my family uh but then i make sure that i I make time for my family which is community. Um and so really like uh it's 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 kind of like it all just uh I don't say it all blends but it's just sort of what I do. I don't like I I I can't it just is one of those things that is just part of it's just part of what I sort of do. It it, it some of the work that I do for employment is also tied to some of the community work and then vice versa and then some of the stuff I'm doing at home with my family it can mm-hmm. also so sometimes it's all uh sort of tied together and you know I I I wouldn't sit here and say that it's not busy and it's not hectic because it is um but it's just all about how you sort of balance that um mm-hmm. and even like this morning like I'm like whew it's going to be a busy one but like taking that 15 minutes like I'm just going to go upstairs take 15 minutes phone off and I'm just going to sit there eyes closed and just kind of get myself in the moment. So I just think that um not that I don't believe it's about balance, uh but I just I believe it's about um it's about like what like what is it that you love? Like what is it that you want to do? Like what is it the legacy you want? Because at some point we're all going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Somewhere we're all going to expire. And so as as much as I can, I want to leave the world a better place. And so when I'm gone, what did i do when i was here did mm-hmm. i make it meaningful um did i help as many people as i can did i get shit done um, yes. did i do something and so when i'm gone 
what am I leaving? What am I leaving for a community? What am I leaving for my family? What am I leaving for my son? Um, so at the end of the day, yeah, sure, I'm tired, but like, I'm still healthy. I'm still happy. I still have, you know, could be worse. Could be worse. Mm. Uh, I'm tired, but me being tired in the position that I'm in versus a mother who's trying to leave, uh, like I just always take it back to sort of the roots of it for me. Uh, is in public housing, like I know what it's like, and so I take it back there uh, when I'm feeling stressed or when I'm when I'm when I'm feeling tired. It's mm. like, okay, you're tired in a car driving <laughs> home with some water to drink on your way to go make supper in your house with your family. Okay, what are you complaining about? Mm. There's people that are tired down there in the public housing community or there's people that are tired because they don't want to get hit by their husband anymore. There's people that are tired because they're depressed. Keep moving, mm. keep it going. Mm. Well. You know, you're saying this and you always link everything back to it. I, I got to ask, what do you, I don't know if she tells you this, but what do you think your mom and, and your grandmom think of you? Man, um, so I, like, I hear, I hear from them. Um, so, you know, I know some of the things and, and my mom is a little bit like me in terms of, um, she'll do it rather than say it. Right. Uh, and so, like, I feel it through the things that, that, that she does. And so, you know, my mom has said to me before is that um, she's like, you, you, you don't know what it means to see um, three of your kids go on to do amazing things and not, and you're not one of the sort of counted statistics, either dead um, or you're in jail or you're, you know, she, she said, you don't know what that means to me uh, as a mother. Um, and my, my grandmother, my grandmother, she just said, every time I talk to her, um, you know, she, she always says, um, and I never really got it until not too long ago, but she always says, if God should spare, I'll see you. Like, you know, if we're planning a family thing. And she's always praying for me. She's always sending me blessings. Um, she's always saying uh, before she hangs up, uh, I love you. Um, and so, you know, I know that myself, my brothers, like I know we made them proud um, mm -hmm. already. Um, we could stop here and like we've already made them proud. Um, but again, the goal is uh, uh, legacy, longevity. Uh, what are you What are you going to leave behind? And so, you think about it. Um, my 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 grandmother first. She ran as far and as fast as she could. She carried that baton. She went through hell. She dealt with racism. She fought. She told like she told me she fight every day. They used to call it N word. So, she ran as far as fast as she could put that stake in the ground for my mom. My mom picked that up. She ran as far as fast as she could. And so each of them left something behind mm. um, as much as they could. And so now it's up to me and my brothers and our family. We're going to take that and sprint. And so I'm going as hard and as fast as I can. Because mm -hmm. at some point, I'm not going to be able to do this stuff. So what am I leaving behind? What am I doing so that my kids and my brother's kids, they can do the same thing? Wow. Okay, so I remember going through your LinkedIn and there's like so much, <laughs> you know, like just work and boards and stuff. And you mentioned something you have to say no. Mm. So you do a lot, but you also say no. Yeah. How do you decide, you know, I'm, I don't like, how do you decide, you know, you have this map, all these opportunities are showing up. I'm going to say yes to this one. I'll say yes to, I'm sorry, I'll say no to that one. Yeah, so... 
I, I, I definitely look at like the intentions. Um, and I also, you know, I, I, I do some background on like the people or the person. Um, and so I look at what the intentions are. Um, you know, if they're black, it piques my interest already just because um, that's one of my primary focuses. Mm. Um, so I look at intentions, I look at people. The, is, it, is this benefiting my community in some way? My community being black community, my community being Halifax. Are they benefiting in some way? Um, it's not always about money, but I do see, like, is this something that's, that's paying me? Because if it's going to be taking me away from my family, mm. how am I going to and how is my family going to benefit from that? Um, so that's a factor, but it's not always the deal breaker for me. Um, and then I, the time commitment. What is, what is the time commitment? What are you asking? Um, do I have to go away and do something before I come in? Mm. Um, you know, if you're asking me to show up on a panel, I don't really have to do that much. Um, but you're asking me to sit on a board and the commitment is two years, well... And we're meeting three hours, you know, every two weeks. So that's six hours a month. I, mm-hmm. I, and it's free. I, I don't know if I can give that up. Um, but if it's, if it's pertaining to the black community, well, it's a maybe. Um, because it's not about money for that. It's about, again, legacy, longevity, um, and, 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 and the community. And so it's, there's no formula, but there's a lot of things that I think about um, uh, before considering uh, to do something. There's a lot of questions that I ask. And I know it annoys some people, but I ask a lot of questions up front, especially if you're asking me for a, long, uh, a long-term commitment. Mm. Um, because it just, again, it's not just me. There's a lot of people that I, I also have to think about. Because mm-hmm. um, if I'm pulled away for six hours a month from my family, okay, well, it's six hours a month that my fiance and my son are not going to see me. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and, I'm, and I'm not getting paid? Like, just, <laughs> you know? And again, it's not about money, but sometimes, right. sometimes it has to be because right. like, people have to eat. You gotta, you gotta, gotta, gotta put fuel in your car and That's everything right. is expensive. That's and right. Yeah. Oh my God. I went to Sobeys the other day and like, I'm like, every fucking thing Yo, is it's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. <laughs> I'm like, what? It didn't make sense to me, you know, cause like, okay, you go around and you're like, oh, I need this. I need this. I need this. And I'm like, I'm just scanning the thing. I'm looking at that price. Yep. I'm thinking. How the fuck? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's I was yeah. I was actually doing that the other day, and I'm like, that's a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's, it's like sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Man, Derek, I'm having so much fun, but I know, like you said, you have a lot of things on your calendar, and I need to let you go. But I can't let you go without asking this, though. You've, I guess, you've held this baton that your mama has given you mm. so far, but you're still running this race. What are some things that you see down that lane that you're on the next couple of, I guess, months or years? Sure. Um, so what I'll say is that I have, at least for now, and this might change, but I, I've always had very um, high uh, political ambitions. Um, uh, well, are you going to be the male <laughs> Halifax? Because, like... <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I have very high political ambitions. Um that's not out of the cards, um, and you know I want to um, I want to build generational wealth, and I want to. I'm going to, mm. um, and so that means um, you know purchasing more property. That means um, you know more financial opportunities. That means um, like financial opportunities, and then I can also hire people. Like there's there's things I want to do. I want, I'm, I'm going to start my own business, my own nonprofit, my whole sort of enterprise um, is is really what I want to do. Mm. Uh, political ambitions certainly very high, uh, but that again comes through the drive of um, 
I want to do good. I mm. want to uh, change things. Um, and working on the inside of government, municipal and provincial, um, and working with some federal, like I, I have a good understanding in terms of how these wheels move. Uh, and so I say that, I would say, um, you know, more travel. Um, I've been to Africa once in Senegal. I want to go back um, and, you know, see the world. It gives you just a really unique perspective, especially in terms of knowing a little bit in terms of where you come from. So mm -hmm. I would say that, that those are some of the things. Um, maybe education at some point, who knows? Uh, but for the most part, it's really trying to just build that roadmap um, to, to, to have generational wealth mm -hmm. um, so that, Again, everyone expires, and when that time happens, there's something to give. Mm, mm. Ah, man, I need to have you back because, like, generational wealth is something that I really want to talk about. And you know, when you come from fuck, what are we gonna eat today? Versus yes. to like fuck, I can't really get anything I want. Yes. Sometimes it can be confusing to your like your mind is like, fuck, wait, what? Like you feel guilty in a way though. Like shit. That's a big thing, though. I, I actually talk. I talked to um, I talked to Shanae, uh, some of my brothers actually about this as well. Is that there's um so so knowing that my mom and my grandmother didn't have the same education and experiences because of the things again they had to just straight up endure. I have a different understanding and now a different relationship with money. Mm -hmm. I understand money differently than my nan and my grandmother do. So I do different things with money. And that's not to say either of them are bad or anything. It's just a different relationship. Mm. And so there's a guilt that I feel um, sometimes in terms of ascending to different places within my employment because I know that there's people in my community and I know that there's people in my family who have a different relationship with money. Um, and so sometimes like it can feel like it can feel like you're trying to rub it in um, mm. because there's certain people who are still kind of, again, different relationship with money. So it feels like there's a little bit of a guilt because, you know, you're sort of here with money and your financial stability and they're where they are. They are. Um, and so, you know, I think there's a big kind of conversation around that. Because I talk about this often. There's just like this feeling of like, ooh, I just got this. But like, do I want to share that with, you know, people who are close to me, people in my family who might not be mm. in a similar... Cause it, the one that really gets to me is travel. Like yeah. travel is something that I love and I, I travel, but you'll never see something of me on Instagram. Like my wife might put something on Instagram, but I don't because I'm like, fuck. Right. Like I can actually just get on a plane and just like go, you know, and like coming from, oh my God, you know, we can't do this. We can't do this versus fuck, I can just do it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's. Because I think about that because um, there's a balance in terms of like the work that I do, the people that I work with. And then, you know, imagine I'm just posting pictures of just traveling all the time or, you know, all of these different things. Like it's it's an interesting sort of dynamic mm. um, because some people say, oh, you know, I post it for motivation or I post it for content. Um, but then you got to understand that like somebody's real life ain't that and like it could contribute to, you know, them feeling worse. Like it, it, it might or it might not. Mm. Um, I think that people sort of treat that stuff differently. Um, and so 
like I, I, it just depends. It depends. Mm. It really, it really just depends for mm. me. Um, because it's such a toss up, man. Derico, thank you so much for coming in this crazy, crazy weather. I love it. I appreciate you on everything you do, and I need to have a platform where you just talk about generational wealth because yeah. that is something that as black people we just need to think of. Um, there's it. I watch a lot of TV. Um, there's a show called The Watchmen, uh, what, just Watchmen, and it starts with Black Wall Street and like, mm. um, you know, apparently it was this community that was thriving with like a lot of yep, black people yep. making a lot of stuff. Yep. And then white people just went and bombed that shit up. You know why? Because of a black, a, a, a black man apparently made a, a, a pass at a white woman. They, 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 and then they, they, I know about Black Wall Street and they, Firebomb the community, killed black people. It's insane. Yes. It's insane. And you know, like they put it in a TV show, but then you kind of read the history and it's like it's real. Yep. Anyway, you know, so reading things like that and like there's a Jay-Z song that people mm. don't really mm. know if it's called a story of OJ. Oh yeah, I know that song. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. Like the truth thou guy is saying on I'm that OJ. song. <laughs> oh I know that song. man. Yep. Man, 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 man. He talks about lyrics in there about the Jewish community. Yeah, buying paints and like, oh my God, I love that song. It's so, anyway, we got to do this again. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you so much. Of course. I appreciate you. I appreciate you a lot. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.